Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And Jack Quinn comes back the other way. Good move. Shoots. It's under the pad and squirts out a Canada scores. Jack Quinn sneaks it by Larmy, and Canada's got a 1-0 lead. Happy Friday, everyone. Getting ready for a nice long holiday weekend, Memorial Day on a Monday. Don't worry, your dial is exactly where it should be on a 550. No Sabres Live or One Bills Live today as we do get ready for a nice holiday weekend. It's just Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt hanging out with you for the next three hours. Just hanging well, out. We're vibing. Not the full three hours. Well, you're not here for the full three hours. I, I got am. I have other obligations at two. I have to go down the hall and do my it's other fine. job. It's fine. I'm not holding it against you. I haven't sent a strongly worded email to corporate. It's fine. It's it's ready. Like your your fingers on the send button, but hasn't been sent. Exactly, yet. exactly. I'm waiting to see how your performance is for oh, the next two oh, hours wow. before right. it's so like, you know tryout. what? This exactly. is a tryout. All right. Welcome in, everyone. It's a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous day outside. Me and Josh got here like an hour ago, and I saw Josh in a hoodie, I, and I almost fell over. I grossly underestimated how hot it was today because I woke up, and I looked at my phone when I got out of the shower at like 8 in the morning, and I'm like, oh, wow, it's like 50 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to wear a hoodie and jeans today. It was today. 40 when I left this morning. Oh, that is horrible. Yeah. No, that's like that's like... September, October mm-hmm. weather. I did bring a hoodie the other night to work when I was leaving, and I and I didn't need it, but I brought it, so I'm like, oh, See, I'll, I'll put it on as I'm leaving. As we as we all get older, it's so funny how we all become our parents. Because oh like, yeah, yeah, my dad's mm-hmm. big thing is you're gonna want you you're, if you. Oh man, now I'm I'm forgetting it on the air. That's you're, that's you're forgetting the same. We'll, we'll the, come back. To I'll, it. I'll, I'll think about it. it. We'll come back to it. Had uh, to preheat the car this morning. Ooh. Ooh. Don't that, oh don't say that don't say that that reminds me of November and we are we are months away from November please don't say that hey but November means bill season so don't don't speed through summer I I will lose <laughs> bonuses my bonuses and positives but that clip Evan played coming back that's where me and Josh want to start the show tonight Jack Quinn over at the IIHF World Championships that's going on in Finland correct or is that goal just against no it, it's in Latvia Latvia and well Latvia and Finland I think Latvia and Finland that goal is against Finland to give Canada the one and nothing lead we do have the semifinals though Germany the United States Canada and the surprise team in Latvia Latvia always does this they just come out of nowhere and yeah. they're good. And they, the last time they played Canada, I think they upset them. I know they upset Canada a few that. years ago, but I think that was the last time these two teams played. So that's going to be a really interesting mm-hmm. game. When I think about Latvia, Canada, I think about the 2014 Olympics where Latvia almost upset Canada. And the only NHL player for Latvia was Simkis Gergensens. And the coach was Ted Nolan. Really? Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. That was oh, that's the game I'm talking I about. So they, they've definitely that. they've definitely played since then. But that's the game I always think of when I see Latvia. I think of Latvia Canada when Latvia almost beat Canada, and it was just like that had to have been the one of the biggest moments in yeah. that in their hockey history, if not that the is biggest. crazy. I forgot Ted Nolan was the coach of that yeah, team. Which I completely I, forgot about that. I, well, I was always so confused because I thought you had to be from that country or be like a citizen in that country to to coach the country. But I guess not. 
No, because it's the same with soccer, where like they'll just hire right. the best oh, people. Yeah, they they right. don't even care. Yeah, Jurgen Klinsmann was German. Yeah, yeah. So right. I mean, they really don't care. Now, with that being said, though, talking about the young Sabers, that's actually kind of the funny thing mm-hmm. is that the Sabers are not playing anymore. They did not make the playoffs this year. We've all kind of talked about it. We've talked about the the Florida Panthers run to the to the Cup final and how the Sabers were you know one win away from that. They could have been there. But every young Sabre seemingly is playing, and most of them are playing really, really well. Right. Either right. in Rochester, Matthew Savoy, before being called up, was playing incredibly well for the Winnipeg Ice, going all the way to the, his junior finals. And then just all these guys in, in the IIHF, five guys yep. are up for medals that will begin Saturday. To be honest, I think all five will win a medal. Well, uh, yeah, the, so the, the likely team that will not win one is Latvia. Right. Here's how it breaks down. USA and Germany play tomorrow at 6.30 American, or 6.30, I think, Eastern time. Is that AM, right? No, 6.30 at, um, in, wait. Is it oh, morning? no, I'm reading the wrong time. Yeah. 6.30 Latvia time, 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. Love it. Canada-Latvia plays 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. So a little bit of an early game there. I don't think I'll be up for the whole game but oh i know i won't i will see the highlights when i get up that's and, <laughs> well, I'm, we, and we, i'm fine with that we will be here tomorrow morning we will i was gonna but, say this is kind of a preview to tomorrow's sports right, talk saturday right so but like i said so germany germany and america play at 11 30 eastern standard time tomorrow canada latvia at 7 30 in the morning eastern standard time tomorrow so the theory is here obviously one of usa or germany is going to lose but tuck is on usa paterka is on germany and then Canada has Jack Quinn, Devin Levi, and Peyton Krebs. I feel like Devin Levi should be put in quotations now, yeah, which, has gonna, been a, gonna, which has been really disappointing. But we're right, we'll going to get there. But so my whole thought process is, is yes, one of the, all of them will win a medal because no offense to Latvia, I don't think they're going to beat Canada. Look, the best part and, about Cinderella stories is that midnight strikes. You know what? That you don't yeah, win. You're right. That's the best yeah. part about Cinderella stories. Right. So, and then obviously they'll play one of USA or Germany, mm-hmm. and Germany has looked fantastic Germany thanks to has JJ been Paterka. On fire. Is it John Paterka now? Like are, On the like, website, it says John. All the tweets have said John. And like, I'm I just, feel like we're going to get an announcement like near October where it's like, hey, everyone, by the way, it's not JJ Paterka. We're going to have John Paterka. We're going to have a training camp interview, and someone's going to ask him the question of, you know, what's going on with your name? And he's just not going to know how to answer it. And he's just going to say, my name's John. And that's oh, going to make it. me so mad. I, I love JJ. I, I think I, that JJ I was, I was so close. I already kind of know going into next year that like, because I do this thing with like, with some of the Sabres players, like Dylan Cousins mm-hmm. will fight a polar bear if it looks at his teammate yeah, wrong, right. stuff and like that. He will. And JJ Paterka was going to be that guy that like every time he scored, I was going to like full on spell out John Jason. Yeah. And like not Paterka, just John Jason looks amazing. Like just <laughs> for, for like, you know, just to have fun with it. And now if he does this, it's going to absolutely just destroy all of my plans and I won't like him anymore. All right. That's a little And he's strong. one of my favorite players. That's and a it's, little and I'm strong. Like, and I'm like, I'm out. The I'm out. not liking him anymore is a little strong considering he, I'm has, out. I'm out. he has 10 points in eight games for Germany. Five goals, five assists. And he's been doing it alongside a former Saber who was here for like – a cup of coffee. Be, be, let's Seventeen be games, yeah. I think it was. Dominic Cahoon. Him Who and did Do- the Sabers end up trading to get him. It was Connor Sheary at, yes. at the deadline. Connor yeah. Sheary for Cahoon and I think a third. And it was the. I thought it was Rodriguez. Maybe it was Rodriguez. No, yeah, it was Rodriguez. Because Sheary went. Sheary left in free agency. It was Rodriguez to Pittsburgh for Cahoon and a third, and then he just he played great. 
he had great I was numbers. So excited about him. And then uh, they just yeah, didn't sign it was him. it was Connor Sherry and Evan Rodriguez for Cahoon. Oh. And then yeah, yeah, yep, that's what it was. It was both of them. Was both so them. we were both right. Yeah, in a way we were both right. But oh, and then and then Sheary left Pittsburgh to sign with Washington. That's what it was. Yes. There you go. But regardless, Dominic Cahoon and JJ Paterka have been doing great things for Team Germany, and I for one am not against bringing Dominic Cahoon back, but I don't know where he would go on the roster to be honest with you. I don't either. And, and to be honest, I don't even think he really fits like the age group of like no, of a guy like, that we don't really know where he'd go. He's 27. Right. I mean, he's He's still a good player. It's just I, I think honestly he'll end up in an NHL team. But I just I oh I think so I yeah I, 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 I would think, I would say so too. Like you said, he's too old to like fit this mold, which is weird to say about a twenty seven year old. Right. But I think outside of like maybe if you want to add like a goaltender on this team, like it's it's going to be a lot of young guys. It's also going to be guys, and this is and this is kind of what our our, our first real topic of today is going to be is is the young Sabers core. And who is actually going to be here yep. when they who do make be? that step forward? Because it seems like all of them are playing well. All of them are taking huge steps forward. And one of these guys, maybe even more, are going to be a part of a big swing trade to really put the Sabres over the top. I think they're a lot closer than a lot of people. I've been one to have said it for the past few weeks, maybe even months now, that I think they're absolutely going to make the playoffs next year. I'm not even really concerned. I'm just going to enjoy the ride for them breaking the drought. Like That's where I'm at. Yeah, I Which mean, is maybe this, not a safe spot to be no, in. No, it's... it's at this point, I think it's warranted. I think it's a well. That's I, the worst part is I know because we, we've had these conversations and like I know where you sit on it. So it's like, I'm just we're both there. See, I, I'm I'm all in on just get there, break the drought, do it, just get it over with, please. Yeah, it's been twelve years. Yeah, like just just please do just it. do it. But at the same time, I don't want to see them get swept in the first round by Toronto. Oh, real quick, actually, something. on uh, the young guys, the Amarks did tweet out about 10 minutes ago uh, that MSG will extend its broadcast coverage for the duration of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Hershey Bears, which it, it was expected. Yes. It was expected. I do know, though, from yes. having a few conversations with people, though, they were like, why did they just announce Game 1 and 2? They they definitely wanted to see. They wanted to see if, if, if people, people were actually interested. It. Yeah. If, if and, it was, and, and I... Know. If I could have put on multiple TVs, I would have. I would have just put it on every TV I could have. Just to so make sure that just it was still so, going. Just so that the ratings would go up. I've had, <laughs> I've had a lot of fun with, with keeping up with the Americans. And, and, I, and I've been talking about it on the nightcap as well. Of just like I haven't really been able to watch the games. I don't have AHL TV or anything like that. So right. I, I've been pretty much using our own local reporters who've been covering them <laughs> and get videos and or just tweets about like the scoreline and what's going on there. Or even just the team's Twitter account when they yeah. tweet out a highlight. Yeah, like, like that, I mean, that's how I've been doing it. But just you look at guys like Yuri Kulik. Rochester did lose last night, so that series is tied one game it, apiece. They, they should not. That the goalie for Hershey, his last name is Shepard. He played so well. There should have been five goals in the first two periods, and Coolidge should have had four of them. I mean, they were on fire. They were all over them. But to be honest, in the first two games, I mean, obviously it didn't work the first game for Hershey as as the Amherst won what five what was five one? Yeah, I think I think five one, yeah. And it worked last night. They're a very physical team. They are very in your face, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna smack you around. Get around. Like, uh, yeah. We're gonna get in the dirty areas where you won't go, and you're not gonna have a net front presence because we're gonna push you off the net front presence. Mm-hmm. And that's how they played last night, but it worked last night. The first game, the Amherst came out with so much speed that they just outskated them. But I think maybe they were a little tired. Maybe it just wasn't working. But they also, had, like I said, they had a great goalie backing them up. So. Everything I, think that, is, I think that's the thing for everything me. Everything was is, clicking is, for Hershey last yeah. night, and I think with the way they looked 
the way that the Amherst still played, I, I think they're going to be fine in games three and four. It, it is definitely one of those performances where you leave going, we lost, but I don't really think we played poorly. Right. It's not like it, it, the other team beat you. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you you didn't have a you flaw. got goalie yeah and, and I mean, just you couldn't get anything going. Maybe the second goal should have been a save on Subban there. He came off the post a little bit, mm-hmm. but what are you going to do? It's you're screened by three guys and yeah. it's it's whatever. Same it, with the first, the first goal was through a screen too. So it's like you can't really say like oh like you you didn't you did this wrong you did that wrong. No, you just got outplayed. Yeah. And, like I said, I think it's going to be fine for them in games three and four, especially in Rochester. Looks like a sellout crowd for both games. I know for a huge. fact game three is sold out because I tweeted, four, I tweeted yesterday that if they if Rochester would win, it's going to be really tough for me to not leave our, us doing our show tomorrow yep. and go to Rochester. Yeah. And I got a DM from somebody basically being like, it's actually sold out, which yeah. um, and, and that was really rude. I didn't <laughs> need my day ruined like that. Monday's game four is like there's probably like 100 seats left, if that. And good chance that they won't be there anymore. But so on that, Matthew Savoy gets called up, which is which a lot of us saw him get called up over the weekend, and that was kind of in, are we going to see him play? How long is it going to take if we even do? Uh, coach Seth Appert, the head coach of the Rochester Americans, did pretty much confirm after like two days of him being there that, hey, he's here to play. He's not here to just kind of hang out with the guys and see Rochester, ultimately right. a team that I don't think he actually can ever go to. Um, Unless what, I think he has to run out of eligibility. For I the read juniors, a thing right? that there was a there's a chance that he might not be eligible, or like he might be eligible for the AHL next year because he played in the USHL during the COVID season. Oh, okay, so it's the USHL is like the WHL. It's just kind of a step. It's like a half step below. Okay, but it's still considered junior hockey. I think mm. so. It's 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 a weird paperwork thing that I think is going to get. Sorted out as the summer goes on. Okay, but I, I I don't I don't know. Like, I I wouldn't be against him going back to the WHL, but at the same time, I think he I feel should. like it's kind of expected that he's that he's going to go back to the WHL. I I think he should be in Rochester. That's I, that's the dream. I, I I think he should be because you can look at a guy going to the WHL putting up 130 points. It's like wow. It's like yeah, but it's his draft year plus two yeah exactly it's like he's expected to do that but i i just i don't know i think it'd be very beneficial if he went to rochester but i understand if he can't mm-hmm. you know and i i don't want to rush him to the, to the nhl because there might not even be a spot for him yet so and that's and that's the crazy part is that you know right. 15 months ago if we had talked about this that there was absolutely a spot for savoy to come right up there was no problems even mocking savoy to the sabers before his even draft class it was kind of one of those like he'll probably spend a year in juniors and then he's right up and now mm-hmm. it's it is one of those where I, I don't even think you're being ridiculous by saying that he probably will spend another year in juniors, that really maybe the only rookie that comes up next year is Yuri, Yuri Kulik. And that's mainly and that's because... maybe, though. It's maybe, and it's also a lot of it, his second half performance in Rochester. His first half was kind of more getting, you know, essentially his sea legs underneath him of just mm-hmm. like knowing what to do, playing with, with grown men, career AHLers, and, and, and go, guys that know how to, how to play in that league. I mean, now he's dominant. I mean, we saw last right. night. Didn't score a goal. Had like first, five chances. First time he hasn't scored this play, this whole playoffs. Uh, he did not score in game one. He did get a point though. Well, well first time he hasn't gotten a point. I'm sorry. Yes, You're yes, right. yes. Because yes. he's got se- he had seven points in seven playoff games, and now that was his eighth. Didn't get a point. Just, it, it, I mean, he has been an exceptional talent, and that's ultimately, I, I, you know, we're taking your calls at eight hundred three oh five fifty. Which of these young guys do you actually think? won't be on the roster now in a few years. And we're not even just counting the prospects like Savoy Kulik, Oslin, Isaac Rosan as well as on Rochester. 
I, I guess we'd also probably count Devin Levi's as a, as a prospect as well. He only got like seven games with Buffalo last year. Seven games, exactly. But this also obviously goes to guys like Jack Quinn, J.J. Paterka, Casey Middlestat. I think is is is, is I would probably still put Casey Middlestead as one of those young guys. Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs is is another one as well. Which of these guys is not going to be here? Because I do think we're getting to a point they have so much young forward talent and they're all looking pretty darn good that eventually one of these guys is going to get dealt for maybe a really good defenseman or just hey we we need this veteran you know playoff style forward that's where you know that's where it's going to be you know who's it going to like I. It, and that's the tough part too. Is and Josh, me and you have talked about this too. This team is so likable, right? You don't want to see I, anyone go. Point, I don't want to see anything. I don't want to see any of these guys go. Like, I'm looking at I'm looking at, at cap friendly right now. Tyson Yost, mm-hmm. waiver claim, fantastic player. Pretty much so unlocked good. Casey Middlestat last right. year. Twenty five years old. He's an RFA this year. They have they 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 have his rights, but will they sign him? It's not that will they be able to. Yeah. It's is there a spot for him? And and that's and that's going to be the question for a lot of these guys. And that the signing of uh, Kyle Poso the other day mm-hmm. made a big question mark. Not because should they have signed him, but it's okay you've signed him, which was expected. And this and this is where I've kind of been a little leery on Poso being back. You're not paying him two and a half million for a year to just sit in the in the in the in, right. in the press box. He, you're paying him two and a half million to not only be a part of the team on the ice, but be a major part of the team off the ice. Oh yeah. Which, uh, that's, which, that's how I've looked. And not to say, yeah. like, that's not to say he's not going to contribute on the ice because he absolutely will. But he, I think he'll be more of a, like, this is a locker room kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like he is important for this team. He's important for the the young core of this team. And that's, I'm happy they brought him back, but now it's like, okay, you have Rusek, you have Kulik, you have, you have Savoy. You have all these guys ready to come up, and now you're almost creating a logjam where it's like somebody's going to have to sit. Somebody like Akposo, somebody if they sign Gergensons, somebody like him, they're going uh, to have to. We're going to have real conversations if, if they re-sign Gergensons. I am yeah. not a complete well, fan and, of bringing the entire group back. Right, and don't forget, Jordan Greenway's also there for mm-hmm. another two years. Which, which, is, which, which is somebody that Granado loves. really loves. Which is, But it's great. I, I'm happy with all these people. It's just you have to figure out Who's going to fit where and when? Because you don't want to have your guys in Rochester or the or the juniors get stagnant. Yeah, but you also don't want to waste your assets in guys like Akposo, Gergensen's Greenway, Yost, um, Krebs, Middlestat. You don't want to waste those guys that are, that are here now under mm-hmm. contract. Absolutely. Let's go to the phones. We've got Lou in Rochester hanging on. Lou, welcome to the show, my friend. How are we doing today? Hi, pretty well, thanks. Uh, interesting discussion. I'm not in favor of Akposo signing for the reasons that you just stated. I don't really understand it. It's aggressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, As for Kulik, I've seen a few games from him. He's clearly an NHL player. He'll be in in the NHL next year with the Sabres. I I haven't seen Savoy play yet. Uh, Rosen is really impressive. He's come on exceptionally well. He's super smart. He'll be with the Sabres too. So, Signing Akposo and Gergitsen, kind of going backwards, what I'm thinking. And the most likely uh, trade base of the prospects would likely be uh, Krebs in my mind because uh, his upside seems limited now after playing for a couple of years, although I like the player. 
All right, yeah, Lou, thanks for the call, my man. And I, we, me and you were talking about it. Krebs does feel like mm-hmm. potentially that guy. Unfortunately. Really like him. He, he, when, he, when he was traded from Vegas in the Eichel trade, he was actually <laughs> initially the big piece there. Right. Tuck I was going to just come in and, look, he's going to fill the lineup, you mm-hmm. know, so that you've got NHLers. But Krebs is going to be the guy, when you get him, he's got all the potential. I still remember, after seeing Vegas the first couple years in the league, I was – I was a big fan of Vegas in the first two or three years, yeah. and I've kind of fallen off not not just because Jack Eichel, but just because they're well, they the, sell their soul to win games, right? Yeah, I don't I don't like that, but it fits it fits the Vegas vibe, it because it's 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 Vegas. Look, I'm all but, for Vegas being the villain of the league. Right. I actually don't really like that they've kind of like. I don't backed want to say softened, of yeah, but they backed yeah. off a little bit. But I kind of wish they kept leaning in, like with Dadunov last year, where mm-hmm. they were trying to trade him, and he was like, "Guys, what are we doing? Like, I have a, <laughs> I have a no trade clause," and they're like, "Shh, we're gonna trade you. Stop. Like, just <laughs> chill out." And like, I enjoyed that. Like, as as awful as that sounds, but it's because I think there needs to be villains, and Vegas right. seemingly embraced that role, which is it was Tampa for a little bit. It was Tampa for a little bit, but a lot of teams seem to like. Steer away from that, and mm-hmm. even and I'm saying that even if like the Bills or Sabers became villains, I'd be all for it. Yeah, just don't after I mean, don't... all these years of like of being put down, and it's like, yeah, no, this is our league now. Yeah, like the, you're going to do now what my we thing is, do. Now my thing is, don't cheat. Well, yeah, yeah, but like, there's, but, there's, there's but if limits. everyone hates because you're winning or because you've kind of got an arrogance to you, yeah, I'm all for it. Right. I really like so, that. But my point was though is when I was watching Vegas in the very beginning. I loved watching Alex Tuck. He was just such a dynamic player with mm-hmm. that team. And then I found out he was from here. I didn't even know he was from here until I started watching him on Vegas. And I'm like, yeah, pipe dream, Sabres need to get it. <laughs> Thinking it would never happen because he's so good for Vegas. And then they drafted Krebs, and I wanted the Sabres to draft Krebs the year he was drafted. I thought he was a great player, and he was super, you know, like another dynamic player. Like, not in the same way as Tuck, but just... A really good player. I mean, his passing ability is spectacular. Right, and it was just so funny when that trade happened because I was like, wow, the two guys that I thought the Sabres could never, ever, or anyone for that matter, could ever get away from Vegas are both on our team now, and that's cool. And that's cool, and and especially, I think, as well, for at least on the tuck point, too, he gets to Buffalo and is, I think, without a doubt, playing his best hockey. Yes, 100%. I mean, 36 goals last year. He he played 74 games and really got hurt at the end of the Mm -hmm. the the year. When he was really, right. when it right. looked like, oh, he's going to be a 40-goal scorer, mm-hmm. you know, his second year in Buffalo. Really, you know, his, his first full year in Buffalo. Yeah, because, I mean, his his first actual year, he was hurt for most of the season. Only was able to play 50 games. 38 points in 50 games, though. Yeah, so that's Tuck, is, Tuck has been exceptional for the Sabres since being here. The, the, really, the one that, that hurts is Peyton Krebs. Now, mm-hmm. ultimately, when, when the Eichel trade went down, and I think there's a reason why a lot of a lot of Sabres fans, at least from what I've heard, it, you know, if you disagree, you know, always call in 803-0550, give us your thoughts. The, the transition of, of the Sabres to where they are, when, when they first traded Eichel to now is night and day. Mm-hmm. Because it really was like, no, no, Krebs is going to be the, like, we're hoping Krebs is the guy. You know, Dylan right. Cousins looks super fun, but we're still not sure there. Darlene, we haven't seen the greatness yet. Owen oh, Powers here, though, that's going to be cool. Yeah. Yep. And and now it's just it is it is just night and day of like just how talented the young prospects are, and that's where I do feel bad for Krebs because he's twenty two years old, but has yet to have really that moment that I think a lot of these other young guys have. Kulik, you know, the World Juniors now, uh, you know, in Rochester as well. Just he's been exceptional. Savoy, his entire career in the juniors, he just keeps scoring ninety point seasons, ninety plus point seasons, and you know, Dylan Cousins is a thirty one goal scorer on a rookie line. Paterka and right. and Quinn both. 
Yeah. Just look, Quinn last year with, with the AHL team, having one of the greatest seasons we've seen in the last 25 years in the AHL. Paterka just, I think, being just overall how skillful he is in the playoffs last year for Rochester. Krebs is really the guy that hasn't had that moment yet to kind of break out. Well, and I think it's also been how he's utilized. And I'm not, it's not necessarily that, it's not necessarily that um, Don Granado is using him wrong, but it's just, it's where he slots into the lineup in that third line, fourth line role. It's not really viewed as a high power scoring role. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, he's, like I said, they're not using him wrong, but they're using him the best that they can. That, yeah, if that yeah, makes, if that makes I think sense. so. I think so. If that makes sense. Before we hit our first time out, let's go to Bill in Toronto who wants to join the show. Bill, welcome to the programming, my friend. How are we doing today? Bill, we got you? Well, sorry about that, Bill. We got a little bit of a bad connection there. Hopefully we can reconnect. We are going to take a quick timeout, though. Coming up in about a half hour, Matt Perino of Sabres.com and host of the Shout Podcast will join the show. Bill's OTAs began this week. We've had some interesting developments over there. We'll talk about that with Matt coming up at 1 p.m. We'll take a quick time out here, though. You're listening to WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, we can't be scared of the expectation. There's going to be expectations next year. You guys know it. Last year, there was no expectations. And, you know, everybody's writing rosy articles. And, you know, this group is is, is a good team. It's becoming a good team. And... And that's great, but how do you do that with expectations? There's guys that are starting to get bigger contracts. There's guys that are starting to get noticed nationally. There's going to be lofty expectations next year. Saves Captain Kyle Oposo earlier this week after signing his one-year $2.5 million deal to stay with the Sabres. Josh, did you listen to most of the press conference? I was able to hear like a good six minutes. I think yeah. it was about fifteen. Yeah, minutes. I saw bits. I, I heard bits and pieces. Um, I he just the way he talks. It's he just seems like he's going to be a like one of those guys that sticks around and becomes a coach or a, a front office member. I, mm-hmm. We obviously don't know, but like just the way he loves the city and the way he loves the team, I could totally see that happening. Even, even it would make sense. Even it something would. like how. Like Mike Weber and Mike Pekka are down in Rochester, where mm-hmm. they just stuck around in the area, and now they're in the organization, you know. And it, I love it. It's it's great because, like I said before, he has that presence of like he is, he's almost like the locker room dad, where it's like he's. He I mean, that's young that's guys. become. I I want to say his nickname, but it just it is yeah. it is his well, role it's, it's on the also, team as well. It, it's just the it's it's the antics whenever there's kids day with all of, with his kids coming in and doing yep. all the stuff, which which is great. I love it, but it's just. I have a feeling that whenever he does decide to call it quits, I have a feeling we could see him somewhere. This is just me mm-hmm. thinking out loud here. Yeah. But who knows? You never know what a guy's going to do when he retires. Well, there are some same former Sabres that are GMs. Danny Briere is, is Danny the newest Breer, one, Chris of course. Drew. I don't think he'd be a GM, but I think he'd just be involved. In I can definitely see the, it. And, uh, and the way he talked about Buffalo, he, he seems to really love it here, which is mm-hmm. which is great to hear because <laughs> – 
not that long ago, we had people that were literally saying how like they hated the sport of hockey now because of playing yeah. in Buffalo. And yeah, just, I lost to, my love for the game. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly, is that you? But to see that that flip has has, has really it it's it's really helped getting back into the team. Even with them not making the playoffs, with them being a young team, you kind of have to wait to 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 get the the rewards for that. At least has has made it easier to kind of. To wait a little bit, to be a little bit more patient. We're going to go to the phones. We've got Bill from Toronto. We tried before the break. We hope we got a better connection here. So, Bill, welcome to the show, my friend. How are we doing today? I'm doing better, and here I am, guys. So Fantastic. There the, we go. Uh, whatever it was. And, uh, yeah, I, was, I just want to uh, go back to when you were talking about Tuck and the, and, uh, and the deal for Eichel there. Um, when, that, when, when Eichel went to Vegas, uh, I, when, as soon as I heard Tuck's name in the deal, I was clicking my heels. I loved him, and I actually thought, to be honest with you, he was the key to the deal. Um, when Vegas had their their runs there and, and, and going deep in the playoffs, especially in the first year, but they had the, they had the three year, uh, or three three years. Uh, he was an incredible playoff performer in the first season when they went to the final. Uh, I would put him right would have put him right behind Marchessault and, and and Carlson for. Uh, just dominating the game offensively, and he also got a few, some penalty minutes, so he was he was tough, and he got uh, I think six goals in the first playoff uh, run for them. Um, you know, he's been basically a, a point to every second game in the playoffs for them as a when they were when he was a second line guy, if you will. Um, and I just think if he could stay healthy for us, because of course he has had some injury problems over this short career. Um, you know, if he was if he was healthy in that run that we had when we were on the run, he got injured at a very critical time of our season. Mm-hmm. I'm 99 percent sure we would have got that point, or or those two points, I should say, to get across the the hurdle over over Florida because he is that important and 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 becoming more so. And uh, as I say, just a big, awesome, skating, smart, dominant player, and I just love him. Absolutely, Bill. Speaking my language here, by the way, like I like, and that's the Tuck injury towards the end of the season. I fully agree with Bill's point of if Tuck doesn't go down, I think they do get I they do get those two points to get in. I think absolutely. And I talked about it, you know, the eight game losing streak early in the season with Matias Samuelson going down and how you know that caused a ton of issues for the team. I mean, of course, they lost eight straight. They were not prepared for Samuelson to go down and and. It really to, to showed, be fair, up until the end of the season, they had incredible injury luck of no right. one getting hurt. It really showed, though, how much Samuelson means to this team, which it's it's hilarious because a couple years ago, I did you did, know that? Did we, yeah, do we know who he was? Right. He came on in the second half of not last season, but the season prior. Mm-hmm. Right. And was just this stalwart, like, hey, I'm not an offensive defenseman. <laughs> I am hey, I'm Rasmus, stay at home. Go do what you want to do because I got this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. I mean, we're effectively now looking for the Samuelson to power. Yes. Where it's like, yes. so power can just be his guy and all and that I don't, stuff. I don't think they're going to find a young guy like that. It's definitely going to be a veteran. All, all for which, it. Which is fine, because then you just draft a young guy and just wait. Mm-hmm. You know, On Alex Tuck's playoff numbers, that first season in in uh, in Vegas, oh, was crazy. 20 games played, he did score 10 points, 6 goals, 4 assists. He was 21 years old, but 20 it was, years old. It, it's not the amount of points. It was the, I remember watching that playoff run vividly mm-hmm. because like i said i was a huge vegas fan when they came out of the gate and they were just winning all the time i love the jersey love the vibe everything and i remember watching those playoff series or that playoff run that they had and tucks every one of tucks points like i said there, there there's only 10 out of 20 but they were all like at the most important time like I, I, that's how I remember it too. They, that's they were, how I remember they were, it too. They were always in the clutch moments where you needed a goal, you needed a good pass to set up a goal. Like he was 
just so explosive. On I also their didn't team. realize he has 66 playoff games played. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they, like we we joke about not many people have playoff experience really outside of Tuck, which right. I think is actually like absolutely uh, no. Oposo has some Oposo playoff experience. does, but that was a long time. That ago. was a long time ago. <laughs> but like Tuck actually has some. Like, he's gone on deep playoff runs. He has scored points. He's plus 11 in those 66 games. 33 total points, and that was for the early part of his career where he was not one of their top line guys. He was their young guy. Trying to kind of find his groove, and in, in, in um in 2019, 2020, he had 20 games played, eight goals, four assists for 12 points, and then in 2021, 19 games played and nine points scored. He's been very consistent there, though. If we want to get really technical, uh, Ilya Labushkin and Riley Stillman have. I'm also not doing played it. Playoff games. I, I look. Oh. I love Labushkin, and Gummy Bear is phenomenal. I'm not going to do it. I need him to score a goal at home before he changes his goal song. Like I, I, I was thinking about that the other day. I really wonder who's going to change their goal songs this coming season. Obviously, it's a very trivial part of the game, mm-hmm. but I love it. It's it's the it's my favorite thing they've introduced over the past couple of years. I think the, the Capitals were the first team to really I do it. I think so, yeah. And then everyone else just latched on. And the Sabres just – every year, it's just – it's bangers. It's so much fun. Like – just to listen to the playlist of all their goal songs. Yeah. And if Labushkin changes his goal song, I'm going to be very upset because he <laughs> hasn't be scored upset. he hasn't scored a goal at home. No, which which has been the whole thing. Which has been the whole thing is that we we want that overtime goal though. That that's still that was awesome. Imprinted that was in my awesome. memory. Uh real quick, I did put it to Twitter as well with the Sabres seemingly being loaded with young talent. Who do you think is the odd man out in a potential big time trade? We've got a few responses. Joseph tweeted in, he has two guys. One, Olafson. And I kind of like that some people are throwing yeah. this in at not just young guys, but Olofsson, number one, two, Peyton Krebs. I think that's been the prevailing answer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olofsson, though, I think especially with Olofsson, he's in an, an odd spot where there's a young guy who's maybe the most exciting young guy the Sabres he's have. He's not even young anymore. Well, not – okay. Olofsson's what, 27? 27. Let's yeah. preface this by saying this Sabres team, the average age of, of forwards is 26. Yeah. So, and that's mainly because of Kyle Oposo. Yeah, mainly. And, and like Alex Tuck. And Sk- well, no, and, and Skinner is, actually. Tuck is 27. 27 as well. Okay. So it's 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 mainly Skinner and Oposo that are, are kind of messing with the age a little bit there. Right. But when we say young guys, we're talking under 25. Yeah. Or 25. Really starting their career, getting the like the first few years under them. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like other than guys like Jack Eichel, Connor McDavid, there's nobody on the Sabres and there's nobody really in the league that comes in at 18. Unless you're a top ten draft pick, yeah. If you if not even top ten, I'd I'd now say like top five, top five, top three, yeah. Depending on said draft class, right? Exactly. So when we're saying young here, it's you're in your second or third year in the NHL. Yeah. With Victor Olsen, it's a little different because he came into the NHL a little later than most. How was, was he? Like twenty four? I feel like he, I feel like he was he was on the older end when he when he first came. His in. first season was twenty eighteen nineteen, and he only played six games. I don't count that. So his first season was 2019-2020, where he had you know 54 games played, 42 points. He had those 20 goals. He was really good with Jack and came, and right, came right out of the gate. Really, it was, it was a power uh, power play specialist for right. the Sabers. Right, that and was a big thing. He was he was 24 that that season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So technically, you could say you know this is his third year in the league, which it it is. But I I don't know. I just I don't see a path for him. I don't either, the because the young guy who seemingly is him, but better in most aspects, Kulik. is Yuri Kulik, and it, it yeah. and it seems like he is the guy that just, he's going to be here next well, year. Well, I still remember. And Olsen got to a point last year, he did score 28 goals, mm-hmm. but when he wasn't scoring, which 
turned out to be kind of quite often at times. He was, he was invisible. He did nothing mm-hmm. else. He was a complete turnstile out there at times as well. Right. And, and that was that was the difficult part. Is there's no playmaking there. Yeah. It is, if I'm he, here to if, score goals and not too much else. If he would have gotten more assists, I think he's more... I'm assuming you have. I'm, I'm assuming you have his hockey reference page up. Do you know how many assists he had last year? Twelve. Yeah, Twelve. That's that's not good compared to 29 the year before. Like, I think the thing is, if, if he I, put I just, up, if he had put up the 28 goals to 29 assists again, one, I think the Sabres are a playoff team. That's because think about fair. it. Think about it. That's 15 more goals. Yeah. No, it's yeah, 15 more yeah. goals. But. I mean, I don't know if those. It depends on where those fifteen more goals came. It does. If it it, does. If, if, they, if if you score two of them in a eight-one blowout or something like that, then it doesn't really matter. But if you, you know, you know what I mean. Like you get you you have to put it in the right frame of reference of like, okay, if there's if you add fifteen goals to this roster or to this season, mm-hmm. where are they? Because. It's not always going to change the outcome of a game. I was going to say because it could be a part of a blowout where it's like cool. So instead of winning seven to two, they win eight to two. Yeah, or it could be the reverse of a blowout where instead of losing eight to one, they lose eight to two. Exactly. So, so it's like eh, it, it's not always going to be meaning wins. Right. But at the same time, if he's more consistent and if he's just has a second aspect to his game, because at, at this point, all I see him as is a scorer or a shooter. And like you said, Kulik is that, but better. Yeah, and 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 that's not discounting Olsen because, like I said, he oh someone is going to fall in love with Olsen in this league. Are you serious? Right, there are going to be the teams way that the old boys his... club rolls in in the, in the <laughs> NHL. They're going to see twenty goals and go, yeah, first round pick. Rasmus Ristolainen got a first round pick. He, he, got, was, a, he got a lot. To, he got a lot yeah. more than a first round. pick. He was the most useless defenseman in hockey, but he was six right. five statistically yeah. and visually. It wasn't even just like. You know, all the numbers people were saying, wow, yeah, he's really bad. Everyone was like... I guarantee yeah. an Olofsson trade that potentially could happen will stun people and like, wait, the Sabres got that for Victor Olofsson? The only thing I could see where it hamper the price is he's a free agent at the end of next season. Oh, that's right. That's and I, right. And I really wonder... So I think, because after July 1st, the Sabres can offer contracts to anyone that has one year remaining on their deal. So after July 1st, the Sabres can offer contracts to Victor Olofsson, Casey Middlestat. Kyle Ocposo, Peyton Krebs, Rasmus Dahlin, mm-hmm. a bunch of defensemen, Owen Power, Henry Yokiharu, Jacob Bryson, Riley Stillman, Ilya Labushkin, and then goalies we have Eric Comrie and Luka Pekalukunen. I know it's a lot of names right there, but the big ones to focus on where to really see how this team's going to shape themselves going forward. Obviously, Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin, they're going to sign them. Maybe it won't be July 1st. Maybe it'll be more like, but right before the season, kind of sort yeah. of thing. But, but those, I think we're, those all, two, we're all kind of expecting that to be done. Yeah, those two will be done. I think much, f- much closer to now than next year's free agent deadline. I would agree with that. Guys like Comrie and Lukanen, that's going to be interesting to see what they do if they offer them anything this. I summer. mean, I mean, the, the whole goaltending room. Right, that's is, a whole. Is... That's a whole other animal. But the guy, if we're talking forwards and where people are, where prospects are going to slide in, like Kulik, Rosen, um, Savoy, Savoy, Rusek, guys to focus on where if they get re-signed in general are Tyson Yost, Zemgus Gergensens, and Vinny Hinestroza, and then the guys that have one year left next year, mm-hmm. Peyton Krebs, Casey Middlestat, Victor Olofsson. Those mm-hmm. are the six guys that are going to be the most influential on this lineup in the next Contract wise and, yeah. and placement wise, in the next two years, those are going to be the those six guys 
going to be very influential on that forward group. It's an interesting time to be a Sabres fan. We're going to take a quick timeout. We are taking your calls. 803-0550. Who is the odd man out for the Sabres, at least the young core? If you also think someone like you know, a Victor Olsen as well could be traded or can be a part of a big game trade, we'll also love to hear from you on that. Coming up in about 15 minutes, though, Matt Perino, Bills Beat Reporter for Syracuse.com and host of the Shout Podcast, will join the show at 1 to talk more on the Bills OTAs, which started this week. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. You're listening to WGR. Back the other way comes Dolene. He'll drop it back. Krebs across. Scores! Victor Golovson in overtime. Well, and now the I feel bad. Win it 6 to 5 with 18.3 seconds left in the extra period. Victor Olsen and Peyton Krebs a part of that goal. Evan, any idea when that game was from? Does it say on the highlight there? Yeah, it was that uh, it was the Minnesota game where it oh, was like, oh no, yeah, I, I knew a game. It was immediately. Oh, I forgot because that that's such that a is good yeah, game. yeah, that now, was a great game. Man, I feel, man I, now I feel bad. This is this is what you were saying though. They're such a likable group that you can't feasibly think about trading any of them or losing any of them because you don't want to i mean i've talked to like just on peyton krebs i've loved that he's like adopted like this jeff skinner personality of like but, i'm gonna cause problems yeah, for yeah. everybody he's like hey i can't score as much as jeff skinner does but i'm gonna cause more problems like, olipson like, is more out the door in my opinion because yeah, of his yeah. because of his cold stretches that he has had during the season now krebs uh I think the jury's still out on him. Oh, you, you just can my absolutely just be opinion. like, yeah, he's 21. Like, there's still time yeah. to grow. He could be a good third-line center for this team. His biggest problem, though, there's no scoring touch. We're still looking for that scoring touch. Casey Middlestat was kind of that before right. him where we knew the passing and playmaking was there. It wasn't consistent, but you knew it was there. And then he picked up the scoring touch at the end of last season well, where you're like, oh, okay, Like cool. I said before, I wonder if it's just like where they're playing him. I think it's definitely a big part of it. You know what I mean? Because he, again, it's not that he's being played in the wrong, he's not being played the wrong way. It's not like Jeff Skinner, Ralph Kruger here. I'm sorry I had to put those two together in a sentence on yeah, the Yeah, where he's on the bottom line. Yeah, but it's, it's <laughs> not. It's like, what is happening? It's no, it is the exact opposite of that. It's he's needed where he is, mm-hmm. but it might not be the best for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's he's great where he is, but I think he can be better in a different position in the lineup. But, the, I mean, this is where there's a bit of a logjam of there's so mm-hmm. much young talent. It's like you can't feasibly. Right, you can't, you can't uh, Unless there. Krebs is absolutely outplaying certain players. Right. You, you can't do it without, like, oh, we, we re- it becomes one of those where it's like it's either favoritism, and, and I'm not saying there is that, but all of a sudden it becomes like we're focusing on just one guy where you got to focus on the whole team. Right. And there are and, guys that are just simply better than him. And I think if you – this is very, very far in the future, and this is a big brain idea here, but – you see Jeff Skinner, 31. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily anywhere near the end of his career. But eventually he's going to start regressing. But I think it's it's the perfect timing where a guy like Jack Quinn or J.J. Paterka or even Yuri Kulik, they're going to be massive step forward by the time Skinner starts regressing yeah. a little bit. And it's going to be a very natural switch. Skinner will still be on the team. Skinner will be you know second second-line guy and a guy like, Quinn or Paterka or Kulik can step All up and take first that line. spot. And, you're like, and like I said, that is miles down the road. It's no like it's not next but you, season. But it's you not can even see the year that. after that. But it's 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 the you can see the vision of this management group, which is something that the Sabers and and we as fans haven't been able to see in a very long time. Well, they had, they had as was, bad a vision as I have. 
What's your What's your prescription? Awful. I can't see anything on my glasses. If I take out my contacts, my for for those listening, my computer is maybe like two and a half feet in front of me. I wouldn't be able to read the words on the screen. That's not good. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's, it's bad. really good that you didn't forget your contacts. Oh, I can't I, legally drive yeah. without my glasses on, so that's good. I I I think I could attempt it, but it'd be very scary. I, I can't even it. read this screen that's right in front of me without my glasses yeah, that's, on. That's how I am too. So I, so glad that we're all blind. But regardless, back to the back to the point. Like I said. It, you can you can really see the vision that the management group has with Adams and Carmanos and Ventura and Granado and all those guys. You can just it's you so it. different, and I I, I love it absolutely. So. Going to take another quick time out here. On the other side, we're going to flip things over to football. We got Matt Perino, Bills beat reporter for Syracuse.com and the host of the Shout Podcast, coming up next to talk Bills OTAs that started this week. We'll do it when we come back. You're listening to WGR.